Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Just wanted to add a little update to this episode. It went down right after we were finished recording. Um, the breaking news is concerning Will Levis, who is questionable for Saturday's game against South Carolina. The injury is a lower body injury. It's not related to the finger that we saw dislocated down at Ole Miss. You won't hear us talking about it in the episode because, like I said, it it happened right after we finished recording. So just want to let you know that we are aware of it. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we definitely want to keep our eyes and ears peeled for other news coming out concerning UK quarterback Will Levis. So without any further ado, here's the episode that we just recorded. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Alongside Aaron Gershon, covers the Cats for the Cats Pose. We got the QB1, Jalen Whitlow in here as well. Coming to y'all courtesy of Believe.com, where you get all your podcasts. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go to Stitcher, wherever you get them. You can listen, subscribe. Each episode comes right to you. Also, if you're on TuneIn, you can go to Believe Radio or Believe Football. You got Believe in Kentucky on both of those channels on TuneIn. And so we're proud to be there as well. So any kind of way you want to find us, you can. So uh, we're coming in here, fellas. First of all, how's everybody doing? Got to get that in there. Let me speak to y'all. Yeah, Good man. Good. Doing well. We're just uh, you know, a big week for uh, Kentucky the old adage, and I'm sure Jalen's heard it, is you just can't let one turn into two. That's uh, where we're at yeah. after uh, after Saturday. I agree. I agree. And had so many chances to to get that one. It was right there. Get punched in the mouth is not ideal. You don't you don't want to get yourself down 19 to six on the road. Kind of like the Florida game, you're down 16-7, but they 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 claw back. And Jalen, Aaron, I kind of looked at it, you know, basketball team, two different styles. You got up-tempo team, got team wanting to slow it down. Whose style of play is going to, you know, dictate? And it looked like Ole Miss at first tried to play their style, but Kentucky made it a Kentucky-type game, turned into a Mark Stoops-type game, a slow-down, grinded-out game. If you, if you told all three of us that Ole Miss was going to score 22 points, was basically 20 points when you take away that safety because the defense didn't get that up. Nope. You figured that we'd probably leave Oxford with a W, wouldn't y'all say? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you kind of nailed it on the head. This game felt very similar to Florida. Just Ole Miss did even better than Florida offensively in that first half. I mean, like you said, they punched them in the mouth. They had the two touchdown drives. You know, Judkins was running wild in the first half, especially the first quarter. But really, you know, things started to shift when they got, you know, Jaquez, Jaquez Jones Jaquez Jones uh, had the interception at the end of the half. And then the whole second half, they all had one first down. I mean, uh, they played lights out in the second half defensively. And obviously against the high octane off Ole Miss offense with tons of playmakers and um, really good tempo to do that, you know, that alone should be enough to get the win. But there's, you know, I'm sure we'll go through most of them. There's like seven, eight, nine plays in this game where if it, the ball goes the other way or Kentucky does some things uh, more precisely, uh, they win this one. So it, it's definitely disappointing. It's one of those games where, you know, and Mark Stoops even said, he, he said, I, I, how do I say this without not getting blasted? But what he was going at was we were the better team Saturday and we, ju- we just didn't win the game. And uh, it's unfortunate, but 
like I said, you just can't can't let one turn into two. And, you know, we saw with how um, Missouri battled Georgia, anything can happen in the SEC uh, as much as uh, Kentucky has handled South Carolina. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. I, you know, that was a tough one, you know, watching that game. And I, and I, I even tweeted, I was like, if you can avoid going to Mississippi to play a football game, please do. I don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> what it is. I don't know what it is about going to the state of Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, it's but, funny, yeah. Jalen, it's funny you said that because on the way home I, I was with my boss and I said, I don't think Stoops has ever won in Mississippi. And he did, but it was Southern Miss. So he hasn't beat, you know, the two real schools down there. Yeah. Yeah, it you know, I don't know, man. I'm sure the environment was crazy, but yeah, I mean, Kentucky won and lost that game. I, you know, they lost the game, you know, at the end of the day. I don't think Ole Miss beat them. You know, Ole Miss did not beat them. Now, they put themselves in a hole in the first half. Uh, some misfits on defense. Uh, you know, Jacquez going out for a bit uh, in some of those plays, you know, I think kind of hurt them. Uh, but definitely the you know, the misfits on defense um, were huge. You know, they had a couple gashes, and obviously the long touchdown run that you really don't see Kentucky give up. Uh, but you got to also credit, and I, Lane Kiff is a great coach. They do a great job with what they do. But uh, I think, you know, I definitely think Kentucky, like you said, there were about seven plays that you could say, okay, yeah, this is where they lost the game. I mean, they got to fix the snaps on uh, field goal. PAT. <laughs> I mean, that's I know that's driving Stoops crazy. I mean, you I mean, because you you expect that to be almost automatic. Um, you know, it's never automatic, but you expect it to be 99.999% on the season. We're gonna get the snap, at least get the ball off. You shouldn't uh, even know who the long snapper is. <laughs> exactly. You know, the fact that we that exactly the fact that I know the long snapper the long snapper's name <laughs> right. is not very not very good. Um, but you know, I think I think the quarterback Levis played well. He had a couple plays where maybe he held on to the ball, but they had coverage sacks. You got to give credit anytime. And I always, I was talking to my brothers not too long ago. I was like, man, it's hard to predict these tough games, these good games, these, like the top college games, the best NFL games, because the defenses are going to make their plays. They are like they, you know, these guys are really good. They're going to make their plays. So yes, you can't get the, the the sack safety. I mean, you can't get that or the uh, the, the you know the safety. You know, in his own, I mean, that yeah. can't happen. But I do credit. I don't. I don't fault the offensive line on the pressure or sacks that uh, some of them that happened. I think it was Ole Miss playing great coverage and covering the receivers up. Uh, now, obviously, Levis got to get the ball out of his hand. We know that. Um, but I do think they did a good job on defense of covering it up. Uh, the fumble was very unfortunate. Now, one thing that would drive me crazy, and, and this really the past two years. They have to be. I'm not sure what the to st- uh, the stats are, but they got to be very high uh, in the SEC at putting the ball on the ground, right. not just turning it over, but putting the football on the turf. There, you know, it's 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 kind of shocking to me from a uh, a Mark Stoops coach team. To be honest with you, um, that's that is kind of alarming. Uh, you know, running backs and quarterbacks, they put the ball on the turf a lot, man. So, so that's that's keeping them from reaching their potential. You don't really see a lot of great offenses putting the ball on the turf as much as they do. Um, so they got to get that fixed. But again, you know, I think you look at Levin, the stats. You know, how many incompletions? Six and, uh, and uh, three drops. <laughs> yeah, at, at least two qual, at least two real drops. Yeah. Well, uh, the Cavastia screen is a touchdown. That's yeah. a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, like, very, See, that's one of those games you come in on Sunday or Monday. And it's extremely painful to watch uh, because you you won the game if you just do two of these things right. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those tough losses, but I guess I guess credit to Ole Miss, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> if the, the game, the, it, it, it was what I thought it was. I thought Kentucky was a better team, you know, and I still think if they played again in a, in a parking lot somewhere, Kentucky will beat them. I really do believe that. But, you know, it was, you know, noon. In, in Oxford, Mississippi, and uh, not everything's going to go your way. You got to try to find a way to win. They they were a couple plays short, maybe even one play short. You know, if you you know count that you know illegal motion or false start. So uh, tough game, but uh, you know again you can't let it turn into to two, uh, which I don't think they will. But um, yeah. you know I think they'll bounce back from it though. Ag, you made your first trip down to Oxford, down to the Grove, eleven o'clock kickoff. 
cut into how much you know sightseeing and checking everything out you got to do but what what was your impression of what you did get to see while you were down there oh muted got yourself muted man Sorry, the dog was barking and I muted while Dylan was going there. So, no, it, it was great. I mean, the fans were super, uh, for the most part, welcoming from what I could tell. Um, you know, all the media people there were super kind. And, uh, it, yeah, the atmosphere was pretty great. I mean, outside of, you know, Kentucky fans really did show up, but like even more so than I was even expecting. And, you know, they definitely executed that stripe out on one side of the stadium, but the other side of the stadium, man, it, it was a wall. Uh, of Kentucky blue. So it was really impressive to see uh, the fan base travel down for that one. I know they did a really good job at Texas A&M a few years ago. So maybe like the different type of stadiums they haven't seen, they traveled better for, but whatever the case, it was a great atmosphere. Um, The the only gripe I had, and I put it on Twitter Monday, man, is um, when Jeremy Flax went down at the end of the fourth quarter, uh, they were booing and chanting words I can't put on air right here right now. So, I mean, and you got to know the situation as a football fan because the last thing Kentucky needed was a guy going down with if it was a cramp because you get a 10-second runoff. It's not – they had no timeouts. They're under two minutes. It's a runoff. So, you know, they're booing when Flax goes down. And, you know, we learned this week it's – you know, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but he's not playing this week. I, I could tell you that. Um, with certainty so uh, that was a little disappointing and put a little bit of a damper on it for me I'm not gonna lie uh, I've just never seen that and actually the only place I've ever seen that is at a New York Giant game and that's just New Yorkers you know that's what it is uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah so otherwise though man it, it was a great atmosphere and again Kentucky fans brought it they brought the noise I mean man you could hear usually on the road a play like the one Barry on made to move him to the seven yard line you could hear a pin drop in an opposing crowd but Nah, there was a lot of cheering happening when that happened. So um, disappointing for those fans that came down and were so close to a win. But, uh, yeah, Ole Miss does a lot of things right, that's for sure. And I don't know if we – I don't think we've seen it all year. And you playing quarterback, Jalen, too. With the new right tackle coming in, should – is it easier said than done? Maybe they should just roll Will out to the left. You know, since you got a fresh guy coming in, or would it still be hard to block with, you know, fresh off the bench, even if they're rolling out away from you? And I don't think we've seen Will roll out much. He doesn't roll out much at all. I don't think that's part of the deal. Usually all the time they they get him out, they change the launch point is on nakeds or boots. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now they'll do design nakeds where he stay on the move. You'll also do half rolls or half boots where he get back set, but he's also he's still changing the launch point. Um, so they do those, but you know it's definitely easier said than done because of the situation where's the ball, where hash is the ball, what's the situation? Uh, do you have any plays in the plan that can take advantage of the situation or that can kind of help you out in that situation? I do think they tried to help him out with the chip. Uh, they took the tight end and chipped the guy to try to help the tackle out. But I've, I was a student assistant at Eastern Illinois when I got done playing football, and I know a guy who was a GA at the same time and our officer line coach who was there is at uh, UTEP, played NFL, coached high school ball, coached college ball. And his biggest thing was he never chipped. He thought that chipping makes it harder for a tackle. So they chipped, and if you see, they chipped the guy and – he gets pushed inside because of the tight end. I think it was Dingle chipped him. And the right tackle, being fresh in the game, you know, it's hard to come in and play in those type of games. He overset inside and got beat outside. So um, we can blame it on the chip. We can blame it on the guy who got beat. I mean, uh, you know, it's all a, it's all philosophy at the end of the day, what you feel is is right. But there are a lot of coaches who – and they, I, heard them, I heard them on ESPN say this – that they know coaches who don't believe in chipping because it actually makes it harder on the tackle. Because now this guy um, has a almost like a – not a two-way go, but he has almost like a moving start on you um, mm. because he he's, he gets to place. And I know that's a lot of – that's getting technical. But, um, but you know, it's a, it's a lot that goes into that. But um, more of the story is I just think it was – it was just bad timing. You know, you know, bad luck, you want to call it that, because they, you know, that ball, that game should have been over on the touchdown pass to Dan Key. But um, 
you know, we'll got to let him get set. But also as a receiver, you got to know the situation to get your cleats in the grass. You know, so uh, that's what we call it. Get your cleats in the grass. You know, at the end of the day, what's gonna what's the difference between you lining up two yards further outside or one yard further outside than where you are now? If we're tempoing, then get your cleats in the grass. Let's get the ball snapped. So, again, very painful loss because it's little things that caused uh, that game to not go into their favor. And I, my opinion, I think Stoops was, you know, obviously he's extremely upset about that. And I think he is because I think he he feel like this team could could have been the team that almost, you know, if everything happened correctly, run the table, in my opinion, which I kind of agree. And what, what throws salt in the wound is that Georgia isn't playing well. And, and Missouri should have beat Georgia. And Missouri, and to, to be honest with you, Missouri is terrible. Uh, I watched Missouri on multiple occasions this year. They're bad. Uh, and they should have beat Georgia. So it, it just – it makes it really, you know, it's, it's really um, – it was egregious, man, you know, to watch some of those mistakes happen on, on Saturday. But it is what it is. I guess you got to move on. I wanted to ask you guys that, you know, obviously it's on Will. You got to get the, you know, the offense set, Barry on after the big play, just not getting set, you know, all that. But did you – and I know they had a play that worked, the fade to Dane, but – did you like the idea of rushing to the line there? I mean, you have a whole minute. You don't really want – I know the defense is balling out, but you don't want to give Ole Miss the ball back. It, it almost felt like Kentucky should have had a run with Chris and then, you know, the, I know they didn't have timeouts, but, you know, this, the clock stops till the ball's set, whatever. You got one minute. And you just limit the amount of time to get back to the offense. And I think part of the snap issues um, were injury. I mean, Cade DeGraw, as bad as he was against Florida too, uh, he is injured. That is part of it. And that when they went to the backup long snapper, the snap issues resolved itself. So if you had to, you could kick a field goal there and go to overtime. You don't want to, obviously. But I just didn't understand rushing rushing it in that spot when, you know, you have whole you have a whole minute. Yeah. And it, honestly, it's, it's funny you brought that up. That was, that, that was kind of shocking to me that, you know, he did that. But you also talking to a guy who I believe in playing like that. So right. I, I believe in – I watch Ole Miss offense every week, and I have their film. I watch their film often because I believe in playing that style of football. It drives me crazy to watch teams that snap the ball. And that's why I tweeted this, man. Like, I know Rich is a great OC and everything, and I'm not trying to be critical, but at the same time, you have to give your quarterback a chance when, when you're calling multiple plays and he has checks to make. When you call the play late, the quarterback gets anxiety now because he has to make checks. So if the defense moves, he's thinking about the checks he got to make. And sometimes it's human nature to kind of lose, you know, to one or two seconds on the play clock because you're focused on what's going on in the defense. So from a quarterback perspective, that ha I'm sure Will Levis has passionately expressed to uh, Rich that you have to get to play in early. I mean, because you have to. And, and some of those things that happened so far this season are because of that. You know, it just is what it is, whether it's false starts yeah. or whatever. It's, it's, it is it is what it is. You have to get the play into the quarterback earlier so he can make the proper adjustments, you know, based on re relative to coverage or blitz or whatever it may be. So uh, that I'm sure Stoops has talked to him about that, too, because, you know, it's multiple occasions where, you know, they're making checks with three seconds to go on the play clock. And it's too late. You know, you burn a timeout, so we're getting false starts, so we're getting delayed games, you know, and that that's not good. But, um, yes, that that was shocking that they went tempo in that in that instance. But, you know, somebody like me, I thought it was a good move. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I thought it was because, I mean, you know, you got you got a big play on them. You got it going. Um, just keep it, – it also it's just a momentum thing. You want to keep it going and, and get the ball out and let's go ahead and – Chuck it up on a fade to a good receiver to see what we can do. So I didn't, I didn't mind that. You know, I just think you know you got to get your feet in the grass, and you got to quarterback got to let him get set. So um, you know, I, I thought it was you know I liked it actually. And Dane Key mossed the dude. Yeah, the great same kid. way, the same way DK mossed us when they came, when they beat us for you. Johnson. Yeah, you know, same type. Great thing. catch, yeah. yeah. And that kid, that kid's gonna be really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely frustrating. I think the only other thing uh, 
I want to ask you, Jalen, at least specifically with the quarterback, is, you know, obviously the big talk with Will is he's holding on to the ball too long. He's holding on to the ball too long. What is it exactly that's going through his head? Is it, you know, he's had interception problems. He's trying to prevent that. Is he thinking too much? Like with some of the late play calls, like you were mentioning, like what? Take me through what he's thinking that he's kind of just being a little indecisive and it's leading to sacks. Yeah, I think all in all, just speaking, you know, from a broad perspective, he's much better this year at taking care of the ball in the yes. past games. Uh, right. So, yes, he put there is, you can tell there's an emphasis on doing that, which it should be though, because uh, you got to have the ball to, to score. You got to have points to win. Yep. So, I, I, you got you to take care of the ball. But me personally, and I promise you, everybody, I'm not being um, critical of Rich Gangarello. I actually like what he's doing on offense. But in my opinion, you know, and please don't take this the wrong way. I feel that there's too much thinking going on as a whole. Yep. I watched the game and guys are thinking. They're not yep. – sometimes it don't look like they're playing fast. And if you watch Ole Miss offense, especially in the first half, those guys were getting – they were playing fast. And I'm not saying like snapping the ball early. I'm saying like they were – it was almost like they don't even have to look to the sideline for the next play. It was almost ingrained exactly what they were supposed to be doing. When I watch Kentucky sometimes on offense, it it looks like guys are thinking a lot. You can see the wheels turning sometimes, and that's not a good sign in my opinion. Uh, not Will, because he's the quarterback. So he, I mean, he he's he's in the office watching film all day. I'm sure, you know, outside of when he has to be in class, but everybody else. For the most part, now Tavion doesn't. He he, he looks like he's a natural at it. But some of those other guys, and I could be wrong. Obviously, I don't know everything. But from my perspective, and also my brother's perspective, who's also a really good football guy, played quarterback. Yep. Those guys are thinking out there. The receivers are. Like it. They just are. You know, they they're think it's not it's not like second nature to them. Not like the, they don't know it like the back of their hand. They're like thinking about what they have on a on a concept. And that's never good. It, you play your feet move slower when your brain moves fast. And that's what I always teach guys. You know, yeah. let your brain move slow because you already know to do. And your feet move fast when you're playing receiver. Could some of that be just a lack of confidence in the offensive line and thinking we have to make plays quickly before our quarterback gets killed? Because uh, I bring that up because earlier today, I forgot who posted it, but there was just some all 22 looks of last year's offense. And it just seemed they just moved so much more. I don't know what the word is. It just looked easier last year. There was less thinking. It was more simple. And I know new coordinator, Kings, no C-Rod, whatever. But, man, it just – and part of it, too, like, obviously, Will's about to make a lot of money, and you don't want to screw that up. But I just feel like taking the quarterback run game out has created, like, I just – there's more overthinking in this offense this year. I've noticed the same thing. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I agree. And I and I said this – and. I liked Cohen. Cohen, I liked everything he did. You know, I again, I'm a nerd when it comes to film, so <laughs> I watched all of the Ram stuff. You know, I knew Liam Cohen, who Liam Cohen was before most people did, and I like what they do. I like what he did. The Rams look like they play fast. Last yep. year, those guys looked like they were thinking less. Yes, now, I'm not saying that he's better than Rich. I'm not saying anything. I'm not being critical of nobody, but I'm just saying what I am observing on Saturdays. Uh, those guys last year were playing faster mentally. They were playing faster. This year they're playing slower. And it may, it's hard to make that argument to people, or it's hard to say that because if you look at Will's stats, he's throwing the ball. He's more efficient throwing the ball this year. But that's just because, to be honest with you, he got way more weapons. He's the better quarterback, too. He's another year in this in sort of the same system, kind of which I, I, I will, you know, argue that as well. I don't think the system is, has a lot of carryover. There are some, but I don't think there's a lot of carryover from what I see. But, yes, they played faster last year. And anybody who's really watching those guys, and I watch it all, you know, you can look at last year and this year, and they're definitely playing slower. And, you, you know, but, again, it's hard to say that because the receivers are making bigger plays. You know, last year they had really one guy making big plays. This year, you you can throw the ball to anybody out there, and they're making big plays. And P.S. Um, Barry on Brown needs the ball like six more times. <laughs> <I know>. Five <laughs> targets feels criminal, man. Yeah, 
<laughs> he need, hey, that, hey, that kid is, and I tweeted this out. I was like, this kid, you know, his speed is one thing. He has great vision. He has great feel. It's unbelievable. But, yeah, but sometimes I think his speed is not his best attribute. His best, best attribute to me is his playmaking ability. Yeah. Some guys got a natural born playmaking ability. Hmm. They don't, you know, he just has that. When, yeah. when, when he touches the ball, good things happen. Uh, he should have. I thought he was. I thought he was scoring in all three of those. Man. Yeah, I mean, every time he touched the ball, I'm like, here it goes. You know? I mean, yeah, that's the one thing, you know, you get a good look at the press box. You really do get the all 22. And, man, the first one, uh, the 30, even the 30-yard pass, just a good, really good tackle from behind. Like, amazing defensive play got him. Then Lavelle Wright tripped him. Like, that, that was awful. And then on the 51-yard that set up the seven-yard score, it looked like it was a house call. And just got angled. But I, I do think part of that too is Mark Stoops said after the game is a little banged up and just a little inside, I, he was, he is wearing a red non-contact jersey this week. So he better be good to go. I think he is good to go, but uh, that could have been part of the reason he didn't finish those plays. Yeah. That's That's another play when you watch the film that just have nightmares about on the game yeah. getting tripped up. Man. <laughs> I could, I couldn't believe that, man. I was, I was disappointed for everybody when I saw that. Yeah. I was like, man, that's, that's crazy. But yeah, he, he that kid needs the ball like six more. T- I mean, I don't know what they got to do to get it to him. <laughs> Tavion needs the ball more too, though. I must say, um, that you know, this, the 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 guy is just a good player in my opinion. Um, so I you know, and obviously everybody can get the ball more because there's only one ball to go around. <laughs> but they got to they, they got to figure out. And this is again, and I know this is philosophy, and I know I'm going on the soapbox today, but. This is why I believe in tempo offense. You have a lot of playmakers. They need the ball more. You just get yeah. more plays off. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm coaching a team, now last year's team, maybe not. You know, even though they did use tempo at times and it helped them. But this year's team, I think I got to snap the ball faster. I got to get my guys to ball more. I get, I just get more plays in the game, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, Vinny and I talked – Vinny, we talked to Isaiah Cummins before the season, and, you know, that tight end group, do you think they may need to just tighten the rotation with that group? It feels like they really want to get the ball to the tight end, and that's part of the reason that, you know, maybe they're – and obviously they've committed to the run, and that's important because you got to keep defenses off balance. But I just feel like having five tight ends out there, there's pressure to get those guys the ball. And really, you know, Jordan Dingle is the only one that, to me, is like, wow, he's explosive, he's a great – and Brendan Bates is a good pass catcher, but, you know, Isaiah made a nice play finally with that run, but he hasn't done much. Caddis is more of a blocker. It just feels like there's a, too much in and out in that room a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Vinny. You got to say something? Being in, being Upshaw's been in there, too. A Upshaw, bit. too, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, is it possible? Who do, who, who do you – is it Dingle and yeah, – Dingle- I think I just think they obviously there's going to be different packages like you know 13 personnel 14 personnel they've used a couple times but I, I, it just feels like that room there's just too much going on and in and out and they should you know if they want to use Caddis in a blocking play fine but it just feels like the only two who like you feel are making a major difference in the pass catching game that you really want to stress getting the ball to is Dingle because he moves like a receiver and then Bates is just the reliable you know, kind of that old-fashioned tight end type of guy. Hmm. Maybe so. And But there's, you know, some more packages in the works now to see Rise back that he's been right. holding. So, you know. And I, also, I think that's, you know, we're talking about it, but I think that's a great problem to have. You know, it is. It, it is, but I, I do see where you're coming from, though, because, and I think the reason why, you know, Transfer Portal now is played its way into a lot of stuff. You gotta, you gotta try to play these guys, right? Because you know, and I think, and I think that's the reason why Chauncey gets snaps, you know, and you know, and I think Chauncey's a good player, but I just think, you know, just you know, from a coach's perspective, you gotta, you gotta. I mean, you, you hate to have to like cater to guys in that way, but nowadays, man, if you know, if a guy don't play, yeah. he's in the transfer portal on a Tuesday night. That's you know, why they're practice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So you gotta try to keep them. I thought the same thing. You know, Stoops has talked a lot about getting Dakel Crowdis going, and I think that's exactly where his mind's at because he had an offer from just about every school in America when he came out and they were able to keep him home. Uh, that Yeah, the transfer portal is definitely, definitely a part of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Now, a blast from the past, you know, South Carolina coming in here Saturday, but uh, Stephen Garcia, <laughs> their quarterback, was on the Spurs Up podcast, South Carolina podcast. And Jalen, we have to get your thoughts too. But Stephen said that uh, basically Kentucky is not a hard place to play. Kentucky and Vanderbilt are not hard places to play. Now, if he had put in these three words, when I played, I think everybody in Big Blue Nation wouldn't really be all fired up. Yep. But he even lost at Lexington when he was the quarterback. Weren't they really high ranked too? Weren't they like, I don't know if they were, they were up there, man. They were definitely a top 25 team. That was a game Randall Cobb just beat them. Yeah, so he was the quarterback with Lattimore and and, yes, and, and Alshon. And, yeah, yeah. And so they lost. Now, he he went on Twitter and talked about the only reason we lost was, quote, we forgot how to play in the second half. Oh, didn't, I hate didn't that. give Kentucky any credit at all, but he's lost. What, Kentucky's beat them seven out of eight times now? They haven't yeah, they've, won in They've never lost. Ever. South Carolina has not come to Lexington and won since Mark Stoops has been the head coach. And the only – the only two losses were 2013, which um, Jalen, if I remember, you guys were close in that game. It was only like a seven score, seven seven point game. Don't remind me, man. <laughs> okay, so uh, that was yeah, that. But yeah, we, we you know it, we we should have won that game. Yeah, so they should have won in 13, and then 19. You you know you can make the argument that game that was the year that you know Terry um, towards knee. Yeah, Fire Smith was the quarterback, and he right. was beat the hell up. Like he should not have been playing. Yeah. And then the fourth quarter, they finally said, "Screw it, we're going to Lynn Bowden and Wildcat." What do they do? Uh, I was in the press box for that one. What do they do? They scored immediately. Yeah, and that's they did all they could in that game. So they honestly could have. They honestly could be nine and zero against South Carolina and stupid mm-hmm. tenure, but they've dominated this matchup and. Like you said, I mean, maybe back in 2010, 2008 uh, was an easy place to play. I don't know about easy, but easier than it is now. And yeah. ask Florida that question. Ask Florida last year if it's easy. Yes. All starts yeah. and a bunch of really good offensive linemen. Like Florida, even last year, they had a pretty good offensive line. Eight fall starts. And look at Mississippi State. They can't, you know, they dominate Kentucky and Starkville. They can't win here. I mean, it's not. I mean, other than Georgia, there's not really a team that comes into here and just dominates. So it's it's definitely changed. I mean, he could say that all he wants. But, you know, Vanderbilt, you just Google a picture of Vanderbilt when they're playing Georgia at home, the whole crowd's red. Same thing when Kentucky. It's just it's an unfortunate thing that, that those players have to deal with there. But mm-hmm. that was a disrespectful comment, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Kentucky for South Carolina is basically like Mississippi for Kentucky. It is. It literally is. <laughs> it, yeah, they, that, I mean, that is true. Yeah. They they really – again, 2012 was the last time they've won in Lexington, and before that it was 2008. So that it's just – it's been – and, you know, we talk about how Georgia owns Kentucky right now and for years Florida owning Kentucky. Kentucky's pretty much owned South Carolina, a very similar fashion. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just funny. And he was going back and forth on Twitter with fans. Kentucky fans saw it, and, of course, and were engaging with him. And, and give, to his credit, he was responding and all that kind of stuff. But it was it was an odd thing to kind of say. Jalen, I, mean, uh, I mean, it'd be like you – I'm trying to think of a, a, a place that was, you know, raucous when you played and maybe or easy for you to play in and – Maybe that's not the case now, and you coming out and saying that, you know, that was yeah, acting like it's still an easy place to play when, you know, 10 years ago when you played, maybe it was, but not the case anymore. So I don't know if Garcia hasn't, hasn't, has he not kept up with how the series has gone since he left? I don't know. It's just a weird, weird thing to say. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an odd thing to say, but you also got to, you know, you know, take in context who's saying it. <laughs> I mean, but. You know, but uh, it is what it is. But yeah. you know, obviously, you know, some statements, man. You know, just just takes a quick Google search, um, and you'll see that the last however many years that South Carolina hadn't won at Kentucky. So obviously, it must be kind of tough to play there. But you know, it is. You know, 
They can't even beat them at home unless they have a third string quarterback with a bad back. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know, he then he tried to double down on it, which was funny. It was just even yeah. made it weirder. But what's nice is, I mean, for fans that you know live in the area, live close enough, and can afford it. They can make the statement on their own Saturday. And the game's been sold out for two weeks. They've got the chrome domes this week, which means they're going to have those, you know, the black or dark gray, whatever they call them, jerseys. It's going to be it's going to be a really good atmosphere. And, uh, you know, the fans can shut them up on their own and obviously just, you know, need the team to feed off that energy. But, yeah, it, it was a very interesting – it would be different if it were coming from – you know, Aaron Murray or Jake Fromm, who, uh, you know, had a lot of success in Lexington and, uh, you know, played for played for Georgia. But it, it seems a little odd coming from a South Carolina guy. Yeah. So that was that was fuel to the fire for a, a crowd that was probably going to already be pretty excited. Uh, isn't Keeneland this weekend, too? Keeneland. Yeah. The next two weekends, man, should be good atmospheres. Yeah. Assuming Kentucky takes care of business Saturday. Uh, you have one loss and, you know, you got another game under the lights next weekend with, you know, I think the most underrated game left on. The, I think we all know the challenges Tennessee and Georgia are going to be. Uh, and then, you know, you feel pretty good about Vanderbilt, Missouri and Louisville. But that Mississippi State game, the way that the Bulldogs are playing, man, that's a that's a tough game. And Kentucky has um, really they you know, they, the one year uh, 20, the covid year, they took care of the offense just fine. Two points, uh, which obviously really was a defensive shutout, only safety um 2021 you know mississippi ran the mississippi state ran the ball really well uh kentucky's will levis had his worst game of the season they lost but it's really been since mike leach has got there and their defensive scheme would forget their defensive coordinator's uh name but they have that funky like three five three and kentucky can never yeah kentucky never does well with that so Mm. really if, if you take care of business this weekend i think i think this is a smart enough fan base to know next weekend's a it's a huge game going into the bye and um, you know, it, things could really get away from you. If you, you have two conference losses uh, with Tennessee and Georgia still coming up. Yeah. Now I got to flip it real quick. We, we mean, we've been football heavy for pretty much every episode. So we got Jalen on for his insights, but just stepping outside of football, we got, we got big blue madness coming up and what the blue white game is going to be in Pikeville instead of Lexington. So, you know, being from Eastern Kentucky, that that's fun for me to see. And it's going to be a huge crowd. It's not in rep yeah. and it's going to, they're going to show out and, and fill that up. Just on the basketball note, Jalen, we, we know you're from Alabama. We know all the talented football players you've been against in high school. And you talk about all the D linemen and how you've literally said it just means more in your home state about how everybody is all about football, but I just got to know are what, what's your basketball game? Like is Jalen Whitlow a hooper? Are you just a football <laughs> guy that's on the court? What was, what was it like when you did mess with the round ball a little bit? Cause you know, athletic and we know you quick and you probably got some hops, but what, what was your basketball game like? Yeah, I, I was, I was solid, man. Um, right. You know, I played, I played basketball from six all the way up. I didn't play my senior year of high school. Uh, but I played basketball all the way up to my finished my junior year of high school, um, and you know, I was I was I was solid, man. I, I you know, I was always probably always the best shooter on the court um, for the most part. Now I'm not gonna say always, but for, usually most of the time I was the the best or one of the best shooters on the court. Um, but you know, I was you know I, I don't know who I can liken myself to playing basketball, but I was a uh, you know point guard growing up. So passing the ball, distributing the ball, make my open shots, play good defense. Mm. Uh, but in high school, it kind of changed because we were, to be honest with you, we were a football school. We had a lot of athletic guys, uh, but basketball in the off season for us at our high school was just staying in shape for the most part. So, uh, you know, I was probably, you know, my junior year, I probably led the team in scoring uh, for the year. Uh, but I was solid, man. I'm not going to sit here and say I was a, 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 a you know, Kentucky Division One basketball guy, but I was, you know, I think if I would have, you know, took basketball series, I probably would have done something. I'm not saying I would have been Kentucky, but, um, but yeah, you know, growing up, I mean, you know, we played basketball, but you know, it wasn't, you know, it's a you talking about a football area, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it got good athletes down there uh, that 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 run and jump, but it's not. I'd be lying to you if I said it was a, it was a basketball area. Uh, 
But we do got a couple guys. Jermichael Green uh, from Montgomery, mm-hmm. Alabama. My dad actually coached him growing up in youth football. Um, Courtney Fortson, uh, that used to play for Arkansas, um, mm-hmm. that played overseas, played in the NBA. Um, you know, went to my first high school. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we got a couple guys, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, I was all right, man. I could get it done. <laughs> you had to, I just had to see, cause you know, you mentioned you, you came to Kentucky right after the 2012 title and that's when you were, you know, so I just had to see what it was like when you mess with basketball. Yeah. What was Jermichael like, uh, playing football? Was he nice out there? Oh, man. Hey, it's funny cause, uh, you know, Growing up, my dad coached Jermichael when Jermichael was nine years old. I was probably four or four. Yeah, I was probably like four years old. I was just out there with, you know, with a big head running around uh, watching watching my dad coach. But Jermichael was the tallest, meanest kid on the field every week. Uh, he was – he Jermichael Green was a mean kid. He was a beast on the football field. Um, and I remember we had a tape. I wish I could – I can show people this. We had a tape of, uh, of him playing football. Um, you know, it was a game. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, everybody else is coming up to his chest. He's like, you know, he's like 6'10 now or 6'9, and he was way taller than everybody growing up. Uh, he's just slamming kids, stiff arming kids to the ground. It was ridiculous. But, uh, but yeah, he, you know, he he's a, you know, he was one of those guys coming out of our city that everybody kind of looked up to, man. He was a big time, big time guy. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, man, just had to get that in there. Take that little little detour real quick. Um, you talked about the numbers, AG, for South Carolina against yeah. the women. Um, so C Rod has that first game under his belt. You know, and and nineteen carries, seventy what seventy three yards. Not too shabby mm-hmm. for being away for so long. Uh, he getting a, a, you know, a lot more action this coming Saturday. They gonna force feed him and try to exploit that. You you see him. What what you guys see as far as how this game uh, will play out? You know, we can tell you should handle business. We shouldn't see one loss turn into two. Uh, but will they get a lot of doses of C rod or or how you think the game plan goes this week? I think that's you know that's where it matches up well if the offensive line you know can hold their own. I mean. You look at South Carolina defensively, and I think I said off the top, I'm going to confirm exactly where they're ranked in the country. Um, oh, yeah, 107th against the run. I mean, they're giving up 185.4 points, uh, excuse me, 185.4 uh, yards per game there, whereas uh, they've actually been really good against the past. They're 23rd in the country, uh, 180 yards game, and they have a cornerback with a couple picks. They It's a really opportunistic defense. I mean, they – seven picks, seven forced fumbles. They haven't recovered all those, but those are pretty good numbers. And, you know, they like to blitz, but they're not getting home. So they actually, they lead power five in blitz rate, but they have four sacks. Uh, so it's kind of similar to, I mean, I don't know how much Kentucky's blitzing, but they're kind of not getting home either. So that's a little bit similar. Uh, Kentucky has only got six sacks, but um, so it, it's definitely, I do like that. This should be a game where the offensive line gained some confidence, but the problem is, you know, the, the continuity factor is going to come back because uh, I don't expect Jeremy Flax to go. And uh, I think the guy to actually look at, I don't know if it's going to be David Wallabog. I think um, DeAndre Buford might be the guy they start at right tackle um, just from some of the things I'm hearing. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they get from that position, man. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely think they'll go to the run a lot. I think they need to like, like Jalen said, they got to get Barry on in space and get him the ball more. Same with Tavion and, kind of just re- rely on the the top guys in this offense. And then defensively, um, you know, South Carolina's – they have a really good running back, but, you know, they're not going to play with the pace that Ole Miss did. So you feel like Kentucky should do enough to to slow them down on the ground. Obviously, not having Jaquez Jones is going to hurt, but you got to feel pretty good about the Eric Jackson. He's played a lot of ball, and Spencer Rattler is a turnover machine. I mean, we know he's got a lot of talent. Um, we saw it at, at least in one year at Oklahoma, but four touchdowns, seven picks. You know, that's not by accident. So uh, it's got, I think this is just a game that defense needs to just keep doing what they're doing pretty much. Uh, maybe avoid that slow start that's kind of hit them the last couple games. But for the most part, just keep doing what they're doing in the offense, man. This has got to be the game, in my opinion. They just get into a rhythm here because they struggle with that Mississippi State scheme. 
Um, and you don't want to go into the, you know, into the bye with two bad, another two bad offensive games. They're not bad, but just below the expectation. So I, I do like this matchup, but you know, as we, you know, we we all talked about anything could happen in this conference when uh, a really bad Missouri team, because that's what they are. They're bad. And we saw them, they couldn't beat Auburn. Uh, and uh, they, they should have had Georgia. So it's a trap. It, it, it's almost, which is, it says a lot about where this Kentucky program is that South Carolina is like a trap game. Mm. Was Missouri a trap game with Georgia looking ahead to Auburn? Oh. Who's not? No, they just didn't play well, man. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I mean, obviously, Two all weeks in a row. I know. I just don't, you know, again, I, and I said it before the year, and I don't want to, you know, I know Jalen called Georgia making the playoffs again, and he's probably going to be right. But my only thing with Georgia is as good as depth as they have, it's really hard to make up for 10 or 11, whatever it is, 10 of their start, or not 10 because it can't start. Oh, yeah. No, I think it was 10. 10 defensive starters uh, were either. You know, nine of which were draft picks, and the other obviously had legal problems. So it's hard to like oh, make yeah. that up in one year, despite all the all the um, depth they have. So you know, maybe just a little bit of a slowdown. But you know, Georgia's going to be there at the end of the day. They'll be one of the four teams left, I think. Yeah, yeah, I still agree with that. I think Georgia, Georgia's going to be there when it's all said and done. I just think they have the, you know top five roster in the country, maybe top three. They might have the best offensive player in Brock Bowers, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think – but I think part of the reason why they're not performing the way they want on offense is – and I think Kirby Smart said it, they are lacking explosiveness at receiver. Yep. Uh, so you can box them in a little bit when you don't have, you know, explosive receivers. But just going back to your Chris Rodriguez question, I think this is a perfect game for him to go ahead and get that 130-yard rushing game. Um, I think this is a perfect game for, you know, play action bombs over Baghdad to Barry on and Dane Key and uh, Tavion. I think it's a perfect game for it. Uh, and, I, and they need that. They need that right now to kind of get some um, some confidence and some mojo going up front, you know, because when you run the ball well, um, you know, offensive line, you know, take pride in that. They, they, they want to see that. So, they need that confidence in that. You know, they need to see a running back go over 100 yeah. uh, and maybe a touchdown or two or three um, will obviously be helpful. But I think it's a good a good game to run the ball very well and be very high percentage with, you know, your play action shots. If it's not there, check it down. I think yeah. this, the scheme that South Carolina runs on defense is, is prime for um, – you know, Levis being like, you know, 18 for 24 with, you know, 285 and three touchdown passes. Or, you know, it's, it's that type of game um, where he can, you know, really stretch the field on not many attempts and have good yardage and have a couple touchdowns because I just think the way that South Carolina play on defense, um, they're going to get some one-on-one shots. And Kentucky got good receivers. So, um, you know, we, we should be able to – you know, take advantage of those when the run game is going well. So I, I think it's could potentially be that type of game. I do think you definitely got to continue to get Dingle involved. Uh, the dude is going to be an NFL tight end. Uh, mm-hmm. So you got to get you got to get him involved. He's that type of player. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I wonder how South Carolina is preparing for this game. When I hear this, uh, Marcus Dial, who's their top corner, has a couple picks this year. Uh, he was asked about Levis this week and his response. I'm trying to get the quote up here. I typed it out. Um, he said, he's a really good quarterback. He's more of a throw it to a spot guy on time. If you mess up the receiver's timing with their routes, it messes up the throw. Basically, we got to get our hands on the receivers and mess up timing, but he's a really good time and throw quarterback. Yeah. I just feel like there's a lot more in Will's game. And if that's what they're being told and that's the scouting report, Man, take advantage of that because he could do more than just time up a deep ball. Yeah, and 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 you know I could say that about you know the the eleven year old quarterback down the street too. That's <laughs> any quarterback, you know what I'm saying? Like that's you know that's any quarterback. But I think um, the big thing is kind of like you said, Aaron. I think they have to uh, definitely down the stretch. Now you want to save it to when you really need it, but running the quarterback and prime example, in my opinion. 
if you watch the Alabama Arkansas game, Alabama had three rushes in the second half over 70 yards. Yep. And I think part of that, two of them were running backs on wide zone or outside zone play. Part of that is you splitting the defense in half when you have a quarterback who can pull the ball and go opposite of where the running back's supposed to go. So linebackers can't flow as fast and as smoothly as they usually flow. So you give the running back more chance to crease. So, you know, I think naturally uh, when, you know, and I think they got it in the plans. I just think they're kind of like waiting until they actually kind of meet it, I guess. Um, and some of those big SEC East games, but I think you, you know, Will Levis's legs are going to be able to maybe pull some of those tough games out uh, down the stretch. So I think, you know, look out for that. Maybe not this week, but uh, definitely in the, in, the, in the foreseeable future. Yeah, and I mean, Arkansas was a game where both of them, they got killed in both SEC games, mainly because their defense, an average of 45 points. And I, I'd have to look at the stats, but, you know, KJ Jefferson, who's definitely more fleet-footed than what Levis, I'm pretty sure he ran all over South Carolina. And the, the quarterback run might be something they've been struggling with all week. And I, it's just such a it's such a tough thing because I, I understand what Scangrillo is saying about protecting him and not wanting him to take those hits. But it's just he does it, and you know you can obviously slide and instead of jumping over ten people and you know running in, lowering your shoulder, whatever. But I just feel like they're limiting him to a point where it is, you know, it's just slowing the offense down and putting, like you said, making guys think a little more and putting some more pressure on guys who maybe last year were able to just go and and know their role and go do their job. Hundred percent agree. So we're looking for. You know, even Stoops is talking about being more precise and all that. So you're looking for that offensively, uh, more efficiency, yeah. more smoothness, mm-hmm. just thinking, just the whole thing, the whole operation just yes, kind of finding its groove, I guess. what we Yeah, and I, th- I mean, defense has been obviously the stronger unit this year. I think really the – I guess the the three things I'd say, one of which is really minor, but the the one is obviously you got to eliminate the slow starts. That's been tough in three three games of the season. The first game of the season against Miami, uh, Northern Illinois, and then obviously last week being the biggest example. But part of that was just you can't replicate Ole Miss's tempo in practice, so you got to see it and adjust. So you know, give them a little bit of a pass for that, especially with how well they played in the second half. But really, you want to just get South Carolina in a hole. The second one is it would be great. And I know they don't have that elite pass rusher. That, and, well, they might in J.J. Weaver. He's pretty close to it, and he's been hurt, and he should be back this week. But you got to get to the quarterback more. Like, you know, Jordan Wright's had an amazing year, but get to the quarterback. And, you know, got six sacks is not enough and on 11 quarterback hurries. That's just not enough. Yeah. I mean, South Carolina, you know, only four sacks, but they have 20 hurries. So uh, at least they're getting home and making the quarterback make a decision and either take the sack or, you know, throw it away, whatever. So, and then, you know, the other thing is, and it, they're batting a lot of balls. Eventually, some of those you feel like they got it, they should and got to turn into interceptions, uh, get some more takeaways. And, um, Again, I said it. Spencer Rattler has three more interceptions than he has touchdowns, and a lot of those are on tip balls. So know that he throws them hot, and receivers sometimes can't hold on. You have a guy behind them, you know, take advantage. Just, uh, but uh, yeah, most the most of the things that I think Kentucky needs to improve on to win this game are are on the offensive side. Yeah, I think if we were betting people, we could bet that the defense would get at least one interception this week. I think uh, so too. Yeah, you know, I think you know they South Carolina got an interception issue going on, uh, but yeah, I, you know, again, going back to my point earlier, man, I I agree with what you're saying. You know, again, I'm not being critical of anybody, but yeah, they they got to get it down to where um, there's just playing going on where you can just flow. You know, you know when when I can see guys thinking from the TV. Uh, in my parents' living room, not you know, it's not that's not good, man. You, you know, can see I, it from I, up there, man. I, I I'm glad you said it. It's I felt yeah. the same way. You, I mean, you just you know, again, and on the football field, a fast mind leads to slow feet. Uh, yeah. 
you know, it's just what it is. You know, you want to be able to be calm in the mind so your feet can move fast and let your athletic ability kind of take hold because, you know, you, the last thing you want to do is slow down those receivers uh, by thinking. Now, it could be on those guys. Are they not studying? Or we don't know. But yeah. we do know that there's something there where uh, guys aren't playing as fast. Um, and that's what I see. And people can say what they want to say. But when you watch Ole Miss, and I know they're tempo offenses, so it's easily to sit, think, okay, they're playing fast because they're snapping the ball fast. But when you watch Ole Miss, Tennessee, uh, oh, some, of these, some of these schools, they are – those guys are playing they, – they're not thinking. It's like, you know, it is what it is. They're playing fast. They're just out there playing. You know, they're playing free. It's so simple. That's, yeah, that's, that's the thing you want to see from – from those guys, because again, it's week. What is it? What week is it? I'm We're going six. to six. Yeah, yeah it's week six. Um, and again, another another thing. And I and I hear this a lot. And again, soapbox, but I hear this a lot across the country. It's week six, man. I was talking to my brother about this, and we we're like, you know, um, I'm blown with this stuff. When offensive coordinators can continue to say they're still learning, they're still trying no. to process, process what's going on. What do you mean? Like it's it's week six. Yep. Like you're still processing what's going on. He shouldn't be playing. Like you got need guys in the game that are playing fast. If you got a process at receiver, um, the way that they're pro now, obviously everybody got to process what's going on in the football field because route routes can change based on coverage, based on leverage, whatever. But there should be God, we shouldn't be in the media saying that you know this is what's happening. We got to like. I mean, I, I never understood that. As a kid, I never understood that when I heard coaches say that, um, because I just, you know, I, I would think that the, you know, the the name of the game is to play fast and play free, um, but obviously that's not the case. So whatever they got to do to get that to happen, they need to do it um, because it, you know, you allow your playmakers to be even better. You know, they've shown to make plays. Uh, Skangarillo shown to get them open, but you know, imagine where the thing can go when they're really out there playing free. So, uh, you know, that's the, that's what I, you know, what I want to see, man. And, uh, again, not being critical, but I just think it's the truth um, when you're watching the game. Absolutely. I talk about our friends at Lots of Rain, own timeless wristwatches with pride. Our men's designer watches are built and designed for watch enthusiasts. Lots of Rain watches are made to last with a careful selection of materials and components. This focus on detail from the design to your wrist provides our customers with a great watch at any price. Go to LaTorraine.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. See what Dave and Ben got in store. The Navigator, one of many different styles and types of watches. Hit the chat button. If you've got a question, just ask them. They'll answer you back. You know what the answer is before you make your purchase. Got watches for women as well. Different bands, different accessories. You can get any type of watch you would like at LaTorraine.com. So we definitely appreciate them. Uh, being a sponsor of the podcast, appreciate sealblue.com putting each episode on their site as well. Congratulations, AG, your man, uh, Aaron Judge, hit home run. Finally, everyone can <laughs> stop complaining about it. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't, I, I, I was one of those complaining flip box either. I didn't agree <laughs> with the flip box, but it was great. It, uh, <laughs> it was good that he got that done. Um, Good that my Giants are three and one after bouncing back. Good for your Cowboys. I, I as much as I despise Dallas, uh, it is I tip my cap to being three and zero with Cooper Rush. I can't do say anything. Hands yeah. up, that's awesome. So uh, the and it, it just, the NFC East might finally be back. It, it's the best division in football when it's good. So the, the yeah. most prestigious division in NFL yep. history. And right now, it's a if the season ends today, you got three playoff teams. So uh, that's yeah. pretty fun. Absolutely. And my Braves clinched the NL East. So oh, that made me happy. Yeah, I, I see you decked out of your gear, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. I had to, had to do that. You know, you know it, the Mets give them credit. They, they kept it together for a full season. They usually crap out around May or June, and we don't have to worry about them. But they, they gave us a run for our money until they came to the A and got swept. Yeah, that was great. So, <laughs> I love like that. A, Looking like out, looking like outcast in one of those old videos. <laughs> 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 I had to represent, man. I had to represent. Yeah. But man, we always enjoy bringing the episodes to y'all. 
Um, go to TuneIn, like we mentioned, Believe Football, Believe Radio, everywhere you get your podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. And I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn, but I think there's a, a Believe TV coming as well. So you'll be able to see this episode uh, as well as other Believe shows coming up as well. But man, AG and Jalen been another fun episode. And hopefully when we jump back into this next week, we'll be talking about 5-1 and one, looking towards Mississippi State. And we will, man. I think we will. Think so. Hope so. <laughs> well, man, y'all have a good rest of the week. Be safe, and uh, we'll be chatting and messaging each, messaging each other, depending on what happens this coming weekend. But uh, y'all have a safe evening and a good rest of the week. And we appreciate everybody that takes the time to listen and check us out and you tell your friends about us. But we'll. Be back again with another episode of Believe in Kentucky for all y'all. So till next week, we'll holler at everybody later. For Aaron Gershon, Jalen Whitlow, my name is Vinnie Hardy. Another another episode of Believe in Kentucky. the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done